You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 36, Living by Faith in Uncertain Times. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. And I welcome you to the show this week. We are talking about living by or walking by faith in uncertain times. And we want to take a look at really what biblical faith is and what does it mean to, you know, to walk by faith. We use those words quite often. But uncertain times is what is uh, in the forefront right now. And I'm, of course, speaking about the... the uh, the great demonstration of horror and evil that took place in Las Vegas. And at the time of this broadcast, uh, there were 59, 59 people who have lost their life and over 500 people who uh, have been seriously injured in in one way or another. And, uh, you know, I, I started thinking about this and I actually had something else I wanted to share with you this week. And then this came up and, uh, and it just didn't seem appropriate to, you know, to talk about something else. And so I, I wanted to, I wanted to bring this up and offer a couple of suggestions for prayer and then take a look at uh, walking by faith in uncertain times, because when when things like this happen, it does shake people. Uh, it gives people a sense of insecurity. It gives people a sense of uh, uh, of doubt and inhumanity, and uh, and and they seem to be happening more and more. And we need to learn to walk by faith in our lives. And I think that that's a really really important thing uh, to do. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about it. But when I say uh, that our prayers, for example, are are with the families of those who have lost their their loved ones, those that have been traumatized, those who have been injured, uh, I don't mean that as a as a as a fond sentiment. You know, of we're thinking of you, our thoughts are with you. I, I think that we as Christians. Uh, we as Catholics have more to offer than our thoughts, you know. I think we have uh, more to offer than kind sentiments. We we really do have prayer that we can offer people. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, we are agreeing with the will of God for people's lives. And this speaks uh, to the 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 closeness, uh, the the solidarity that we have with Jesus as members of the body of Christ, that he has shared with us some of the responsibility to carry out his will in the world today, and we can do that by praying. And so I, I suggest that we pray for uh, the families, uh, for comfort, that God would bring people into their lives that would bring comfort to them. We cannot fix this. Uh, we cannot say anything. We do not have uh, a verse or a paragraph right now that is going to diminish the great pain that they are experiencing, but we can pray for comfort and we can comfort ourselves. I have been in situations before where people have lost uh, loved ones and my mind immediately went to theology. It went to uh, you know things that are quotes that I could whatever, but didn't work. And they just needed somebody to hold them and to be with them. And so I encourage you to to hold these people 
in your heart in prayer and pray that God's will be done and that he would comfort them and that that God would would bring about an ever-increasing justice in our society today. This is what we pray for and fight for is is justice and we pray that 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 people would come to know the truth of uh, of the Trinity to be brought up into the life of the Trinity which is love and what we saw demonstrated in Las Vegas is the complete opposite. It is the opposite of the the love of the Trinity. And I can't even begin to guess why somebody would would do that. That's uh, that's not my role right now. That's going to be taken care of. But I do know that I have the power of prayer and I can reach out to these people to do that. So uh, join me in praying for them. Well, we're going to be talking here about walking by faith in uncertain times, and maybe you've gone through your own period of uncertain times, and and you're kind of you know, confused as to how do I walk or what does it mean to be a, a man of faith or to be a woman of faith? And that's what we want to, to talk about. I'm reminded of the scripture in Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I love that verse, and I, I, I have memorized that verse for years. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. I think, you know, first of all, I want to talk about a little bit about, you know, uh, faith and where what, what faith means, you know, the word faith and, and what it doesn't mean. Uh, because I think we have some uh, misunderstandings about what faith is and that uh, oftentimes people will equate faith with simple believism. You know, I say, well, do you have faith? And they go, yeah, I believe in God. Do you have faith? Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Uh, do you have faith? Yeah, I believe God does miracles. And, and that's what people oftentimes equate with faith when that is not faith, that's believism. They're believing something. But I'm going to show you today on the show uh, that faith is uh, more comprehensive, deeper than just believism. And, uh, uh, and, that, and that when we say we have faith, that it really does involve our doing something. It involves our getting active. So faith is one of the, the richest terms in the Word of God. And there are, there are three primary ways to use the word faith uh, that really helps us to uh, tap into the richness. Faith as a gift received from God. Okay, Faith is a gift received from God. And we believe uh, as, as Catholics that at baptism we received three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, charity. And so we have faith in us it's in it and that and that results in how we live we have faith faith also as our personal assent to the truths of the catholic faith uh, that we believe these things i'm going to show you that goes a little bit deeper than just believism and then faith as the content of divine revelation it's what we believe we have this faith that that we believe I like what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. He said that we walk by faith and not by sight. So for you and me, when we uh, conduct our lives on a daily basis at home, neighborhood, family, whatever it might be, we walk by faith, not just by sight. We don't walk by just what we see, but we walk by faith. And I'm going to dismiss this common understanding in 
popular television shows, that that means that we just sort of walk in this blind faith. That's not what this is talking about at all. Uh, but we walk by faith and not by sight. And to live out the, these dimensions of faith in our everyday lives, we've really got to have some kind of understanding on this. So I want to start off by saying, what is faith? Okay, what is faith? And there's two words, and I'll put these in the show notes for you. In Hebrew, the word faith is emunah. Emunah. I'll put that in the show notes. Emunah. In Greek, pistis. P-I-S-T-I-S. And uh, when we talk about uh, emunah in the Hebrew scriptures, I want to give you the first example of this that we see uh, in scripture. And that is all the way back in the book of of Exodus. Exodus chapter 17 and verse 12. It's when uh, Moses was with Aaron and Hur and surrounded by the enemy. And when Moses' hands were held steady in the air, uh, they were... Uh, prevailing, but when his hands were weighty and went down, they were defeated. And here's how here's how it goes. It says, but Moses' hands were heavy, and then they took a stone and put it under him, and and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. Now that that phrase, thus his hands were steady until the sun set. That word steady. In Hebrew is the word emunah. It's the word where a word that we get faith when his hands were steady. Now this word emunah in Hebrew, and this is going to completely, I think, blow out of the water some of your your notions of what faith is. Emunah carries the meaning of steadiness, long endurance, fidelity, but more than anything else, it carries the concept of faithfulness faithfulness. That's right. Faith is better understood as faithfulness. And that's one of the characteristics of God's ethical nature is faithfulness. God is faithful. And that, that's a beautiful thing that we, we worship a God that is not subject to nominalism, this philosophy that there are no universal principles or things that we can depend upon. No, he is faithful. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it says in 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And then uh, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.13, he said, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Uh, I like what Deuteronomy 7.9 says. Now, all these will be in the show notes for you. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So we know that God is faithful, and we also know that his son is faithful. His son is faithful. And that's what the writer of Hebrews said. In fact, the writer of Hebrews compared the faithfulness of Moses with the faithfulness of Jesus in Hebrews 3, 5, and 6, when he said, Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful over God's house as a son, as a son. See, so uh, the, the son is, is faithful. Now, the basis of our faithfulness, we have received faith at baptism. 
the basis of our faithfulness is not our own uh, strength. It isn't our own in, intestinal fortitude. We're going to do it. We're going to pull our, you know, our, our boots up by the straps as, as good old faithful Americans. That isn't what we're talking about here. The basis of our faithfulness is his faithfulness. That's the that's the that's the gold standard right there. It's God's faithfulness. You be faithful as as He is faithful, and uh, and it tells us in Habakkuk chapter two and verse four. And if you want to know where Habakkuk is, just put your Bible on the side and look for that area that's well worn. No, just kidding you. But look for Habakkuk two four. It says, "But the righteous will live by his faith, by his faith," and so. Uh, for those who have struggled with concrete examples of faithfulness, uh, we know that God has provided us his son, Jesus Christ, to show us what faithfulness is. Now, I came across um, a catechism paragraph that I thought was absolutely amazing. I'll put it in the show notes, but I think it's amazing. And I have coined this paragraph 346 as a mental sacramental <laughs> it's a mental sacramental and and what i mean by this is that it, this this uh, paragraph in the catechism talks about some of the uh, the uh, laws that have been established at creation by god and how these laws will remind us of god's unshakable faithfulness in uh, in his covenant love listen to what it says in paragraph 346 in creation God laid a foundation and established laws that remain firm. Now, what would one of those, I'll break from it just for a moment. What would one of those laws be? And you could probably think of a number of them, but if you're like most people, you're going you're gonna to run to gravity <laughs> right away. You know, It tells us that when God laid a foundation, he established laws that remain firm. And one of those laws is, yep, gravity. You, you, you can bet on gravity. Uh, gravity is going to work every time. He says, uh, goes on, says, uh, in creation, God laid a foundation and established laws that remain firm on which the believer can rely with confidence. Now get this, get this, you're going to love it. For they are the sign and pledge of the unshakable faithfulness of God's covenant. For his part, man must remain faithful to this foundation and respect the laws which the creator has written into it. Now, what, what are we saying there? This is something so beautiful. What we're saying here is that when you witness gravity, take a moment if you want to. If you're in the car and there's a pen there, pick it up, drop it on the floor. You'll notice it works. Gravity works. Uh, if you are, God forbid, to drive off a, a bridge right now, gravity will work. Whether you want gravity to work or not, it's going to work. Okay. And when you see gravity working, you are seeing, my friend, a sign and a pledge of the unshakable faithfulness of God's covenant. That is a mental sacramental. <laughs> That'll draw you to the Lord all day long as you see gravity in, in, in motion. It's an amazing little paragraph in the catechism, and I absolutely love it. I love it. It's, it's so great. Now, one of the, the, the times where we, we speak about believing and faith in our lives the most is in the Mass. And we, we recite the Creed together in the Mass. And when we recite the Creed together, we say a bunch of things. You know, there's major uh, categories like, 
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. And then it goes on and says, I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. And it goes on and talks about for our sake. He was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death, was buried. And then it goes on and, and, and it tells us, I believe in, in the Holy Spirit. This is what we say. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And then it goes on to, uh, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And, now, and then it ends with, Amen. Now, we say that all the time in Mass, don't we? We say it all the time in Mass that we believe these things. You know, we, we believe these things. And, um, and I, think, I think it's a, a, a reminder to us of what we believe, certainly. But let me tell you what the Creed is not. <laughs> the Creed is not simply a checklist of the things that we typically believe. In other words, we don't we don't go to mass and say, "I believe in one God, the Father Almighty." Check. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. Check. That is not why we recite the creed at all. We recite the creed, we recite the creed as a way of entrusting ourselves to God in a powerful way. Now, here's here's what's interesting. One of the keys to understanding the creed, which we say every week, is the word believe. And because the word believe and the word faith and amen are all connected. They're connected. The Catechism tells us in paragraph 150, faith, and this is so important, faith is first of all a personal adherence of man to God. And at the same time, and inseparably, it is, a, it is a free assent to the whole truth that God has revealed. As personal adherence to God and, and assent to his truth, Christian faith differs from our faith in any human person. It is right and just to entrust oneself wholly to God and to believe absolutely what he says. It would be futile and false to place such faith in a creature. That's paragraph 150. That will be in the show notes. Now, what is that saying? Let me let me kind of just uh, uh, make this really simple to to understand. All right. What we're saying here is this: faith, biblical faith, is not just believism. I'm just not exerting spiritual energy and saying, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, almost as if I'm trying to convince myself that I believe. No, that is not biblical faith. Biblical faith has two aspects to it, two. And what I'm about to share with you can literally change your life in uncertain times. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to give you the two aspects of biblical faith that will change your life in uncertain times. And from this point on, the creed and what you say when you say, I believe, is going to be totally, totally life-transforming. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. We'll be back in a moment. The Bible is such an important part of our Catholic faith, but it's not always easy to understand. 
there are 73 separate books and so many names, places, and events that sometimes we just stop trying to figure out how it all fits together. The good news is, the Great Adventure Bible Studies make it easy for you to understand the Bible. By focusing on the story that ties all of Scripture together, the Great Adventure Bible Studies give you the big picture of the Bible. And once you see the big picture of salvation history, the Mass will make more sense, the Catholic faith will make more sense, and you will see how God has a loving plan for your life. The Great Adventure Bible Studies have helped hundreds of thousands of people to understand the Bible and grow closer to Christ. There's no other Catholic Bible study series like it. And you can get started on The Great Adventure today by creating your free account at ascensionpress.com. Okay, are you ready for those two aspects of what it means to, to believe? Are you ready for that? Okay, so... There are two aspects to believing, and paragraph 150 of the Catechism uh, says it, but it's kind of veiled in a way. You gotta, ha- you gotta kind of have to unpack it. Okay, so what one paragraph 150 says about faith is this: first, uh, first of all, we would say that it's something intellectual. Faith is something intellectual. If someone says to you, "Do you believe in Jesus Christ as God?" and you say, "Yes, I do," check. <laughs> Intellectually, I believe it. I believe it, all right? And so, in other words, my mind makes some mental assent to all that God has revealed in Scripture and through the church. The church says this, I believe it. Mental check, I believe it, I'm there. Well, that's good. But that's only half of it, all right? That's believism. Believism doesn't change the world. It doesn't change lives. Believism, right? In fact, we're told in James that faith without works is, as they say in Texas, dead. Faith without works is dead. So, number one, something intellectual. My mind my mind says, yes, I believe what the scripture says. I believe what the church teaches. Now, the second aspect of biblical faith in uncertain times is a personal entrusting of oneself to God. One of the words that is translated belief is the Hebrew word, Amen. So we start the creed off with, I believe, we end it with, Amen. So the second aspect of biblical faith, emunah, in Hebrew, is a personal entrusting of oneself to God. So when you put it all together, you have, number one, something intellectual, my mind makes a mental assent and says yes to what God has revealed. I say yes. Now here's the problem. A lot of people just stop there. And they say, well, I do believe. No, you're agreeing with something. That isn't believing. You're agreeing with something. The second part of it completes it to where we have believe and faith. And that is, you are now going to personally entrust yourself to God in what you believe. You're going to put it on the line. All in, as they say in cards in Texas Hold'em. I'm all in. All the chips are in. I've given myself completely over to this. In paragraph 1062 in the Catechism, it says, in Hebrew, amen comes from the same root as the word believe. This root expresses solidity, trustworthiness, faithfulness. And so we can understand why amen may express both God's faithfulness towards us and our trust in him. 
And I love what it says in paragraph 1064 of the Catechism. It says, thus the creed's final amen repeats and confirms its first words, I believe, I believe. So this is, this is really, really a, a, a powerful, powerful thing. So uh, in building on this a little bit, uh, the Catechism also teaches us that our response to God's revelation is faith. And when God God reveals something about him, about Himself, and the Church teaches us something about about the the mystery of of heaven and the Trinity and and the economy of God, our response is faith. Our our response is not just believing. Our response is faith, and that is mental assent. Yes, I agree. But now I'm going to entrust myself to God. And that's why that's why the catechism says in paragraph 142 and 143 that our response is faith and what the church calls the obedience of faith. My friend, that is a great thing to remember today. Whatever you're going through right now is that if you're going to respond to God, it's not just believism. It is the obedience of faith. And how did God reveal himself? Paragraph 53 of the Catechism says, and I know I'm giving you a lot of that this week, but that's just the way it is. He says says in there that God reveals himself in words and deeds. So how do we respond? In words, you got it, and deeds. Words and deeds. A personal adherence to God. An intellectual assent. Yes, I believe. Now, let me give you uh, let me give you a, a, a story that one of my friends uses in a teaching. I thought uh, it really does make the point. It really does make the point about the difference between just believing and believing and entrusting yourself. Okay. And the story goes like this. If you've ever been to Niagara Falls, Niagara Falls is is uh, a little bit scary. You know, I mean, you get up there close and you think about the idea of falling off, you know, into those falls, uh, it's not going to go good at all. Even if you got a nice cushy barrel around you, uh, not many people have survived that. But there's a, there's this guy that uh, is a daredevil, I guess you would call him, and you know, kind of like the Walenda brothers, and they do these these you know walks on tight ropes between buildings and such. Well, there was this guy that had this great big tightrope across Niagara Falls from the United States side all the way over to the... Um, the Canadian side, and I'm gonna I'm gonna describe this for you. The crowd has assembled on both sides. CNN and Fox are there. Anderson Cooper, Shepard Smith, everybody's there. They've got sponsors. They're talking about this event with other daredevils, and they're talking about it with sports stars and going to breaks and coming back. And suddenly, it's time. It's time now where this guy's going to actually walk across Niagara Falls on this little half-inch rope and a pole in his hands. And drum roll, and the crowd goes quiet, and he takes his first step. And he takes his second step. And he calculates the third and the fourth, and it ends up taking him close to a half an hour. He crosses the center point, and he's over onto almost the Canadian side, and about a half an hour goes by and he finally takes that last step and he makes it and both sides of the Niagara Falls, uh, both sides, both countries begin cheering 
in, in such a loud way, applause and everything, and the commentators are going crazy. And then it, it kind of dies down, and one guy yells out from the American side, Do it again! <laughs> Do it again! And the tightrope artist grabs the microphone and speaks to both sides on this giant amplification system, and he says, Do you think I can do it again? And the crowd yells, Yes! We believe. We believe you. We believe in you. You can do it. And he yells back to the crowd, do you think I can do it again blindfolded? And they yell, yes, we believe. We believe. And he says, do you think I can do it blindfolded pushing a wheelbarrow? And the crowd once again yells, yes, we believe. Do it. Do it. Do it. And he says, do you think I can do it Again, blindfolded, pushing a wheelbarrow with a human being in the wheelbarrow. And the crowd yells, yes, yes. And both sides in unison, yes, we believe, we believe, we believe. And he gets on the megaphone and the microphone and he, he yells out, I need a volunteer. And the crowd grew quiet. And they realized at that point, nobody believed. Everybody made mental assent that he could do it, but nobody entrusted themselves to him. Is that the kind of faith that you have in your life right now, where you believe what the church teaches with enthusiasm? You believe what you read in scripture with great excitement, but you're not entrusting yourself to the one who wrote it? My friend, if that's what you're experiencing, it's an empty faith, it's faith without works, it's dead, as they say in Texas, and it's not going to bear fruit. If you're living in uncertain times right now in your life, you need more than just believism. If you're struggling in your marriage right now, you need more than believism. If, if, you're, if you're really struggling with loneliness, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with, with anxiety, if you're struggling with a lack of direction in your life, you need more than simply believing precepts. You need to entrust yourself to the Lord. And so walking by faith, get this, walking by faith is believing what we have been given and then entrusting yourself. In other words, getting in the wheelbarrow with Jesus in uncertain times. In times where you feel like emotionally you are walking over Niagara Falls. And I know from some of the correspondence that I have received from you that I know that there are some real lonely times and some some uncertain times. And I want you to know that I love you, pray for you. When I say I love you, I love you in the Lord. I love you in the Lord. And I pray for you in uncertain times. I want to I want to kind of end this show by reading something from Scripture that gives you a lot of examples of people who walk by faith in uncertain times. Okay? And we call this the Hall of Faith. <laughs> it's Hebrews chapter 11. It starts off 
by uh, stating what I stated at the beginning of this show. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And now here goes the the hall of faith. For by it, faith, for by it the men of old received divine approval. By faith we understand that the world was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made out of things which do not appear. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he received approval as righteous, God bearing witness by accepting his gifts. He died, but through his faith he is still speaking. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was attested as having pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, took heed and constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which comes by faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was to go. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city which has found which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, it just just goes on and on and on with tremendous stories of people who walked by faith. They walked by faith. And you can too. Read that chapter. There's more there. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you right now, but read it for yourself. It is an amazing chapter. An amazing chapter. Now let me continue. Let me just conclude with this. I, I, I really encourage you to pray and ask God to show you the areas of your life that you need to really address when it comes to faithfulness. If you want to be a man of faith, you need to be a faithful man. And I'll tell you, that's my prayer in my life. Do I struggle with it? Oh, I do. I do. I want to be a faithful man in in, in my walk with God, my walk with my wife, my walk with my children, my walk with finances, my walk with my time, my walk with my affections, all of these things. I, I want to be a faithful man, a man of faith. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. A woman of faith, the same thing. And so we look at the various areas of our life. Are you faithful in your walk with God? Now, what would that look like? That would look like, I believe in God, but I'm entrusting myself to God in all these areas. Do you need to work on faith when it comes to your marriage? When it comes to your prayer time, when it comes to family, when it comes to work, when it comes to your finances, do you need to walk in faithfulness more? That's our prayer this week. And as we have been uh, 
watching the news and what's happening in Vegas right now in Las Vegas. I'm I'm reminded, and I don't mean it lightly, that what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. It's a, impacted all of us. And that's the nature of sin. Pope John Paul II said that sin is not a private thing. It uh, has concentric circles and impact in waves as that rock is dropped in the middle of a pond. All shores feel the results of sin and, and great sin and great horror and great evil has has happened and it does affect us no what happens in vegas doesn't stay in vegas it impacts all of us and i want to encourage you to walk in faith in uncertain times now and that is to believe to make mental assent but to entrust yourself to god Now, if you know of somebody who's struggling right now, I want to encourage you to pass this show on to them. If you have questions, if you have comments, uh, please uh, go to iTunes and rank the show. Give me your comments. Uh, You can go to SoundCloud also. AscensionPresents.com is where this podcast is is housed. And uh, my email is thejeffcavenshow at ascensionpress.com. And I read every email that comes my way. Let's close in prayer, shall we? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, I thank you today for giving us life. And Lord, these certainly are uncertain times, but we know that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we do believe in you. And that means that we say yes to all that you have taught, all that you have given the church, but we also, we, we, we complete this faith equation by entrusting ourselves to you. Lord, we're going to get in the wheelbarrow with you. We're going to get in there. We're going to entrust ourselves totally to you in the uncertain times. Even though it looks like we're walking over Niagara Falls on a rope, Lord, we're going to entrust ourselves to you. And I pray for all my friends listening right now that are going through these difficult times that, that they would walk by faith and not by sight. And that they would receive the inheritance that you have for them as sons and daughters of God. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My friend, have a great week and and walk in faith. God bless you.